worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things geek. The podcast where we talk about all things pop culture. And in this show, in particular, the podcast where we review anything and everything. Because it's the It's Canon Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris. And I'm joined by Phil. A day late and a dollar short, but we're here, damn it. Exactly. It is what it is. We're still getting this done. We're going to be talking about everything and everything that we've seen, watched, read, played. In particular, I think the main event is going to be Loki, episode one. Yeah, it's a thing, right? It's Marvel just continues to not disappoint. (laughs) Yeah. Unreal. Right? Well, let's we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I got feelings about it too, but it it just was yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> they made some strong decisions to make the show kind of its own standalone thing while still part of the MCU, but we're going to be talking about that later. Phil, how are you? How's everything going? I'm doing great. Busy as crap at work, but you know, what doesn't kill you, you know, good for you, I guess. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's been a crazy week. I don't even know. This week's just been so weird on so many different levels, from a meta relationship level to a professional level to even my podcasting level. It's just been so strange. It's been a very weird week, but a good week nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And you know what? It's interesting because now, right when we're done this show, I'm going to be updating my Final Fantasy VII to the PS5 version. Okay. And then I'm caving. I'm I'm making a decision. I know Returnal. I didn't buy it because I I decided to take a stand. Yep. About the price point, but I am going to be purchasing probably the digital deluxe of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, that's been getting a lot of buzz. It looks like a fun game. Like, it just looks like it's a fun-to-play game. Nonchalant, like, you know, no-brainer type game. Looks like a fun game. You know, games are still allowed to be fun. Yeah, and you know what? Like, the reviews as well are eating it up, saying it's basically the reason why you bought a PS5. So... That's a lot of hype to live up to, no matter what. I know that it, it it's like you say, it's going to be fun. I'm playing one of the older ones just because I know I've dabbled in this series from time to time. And I know that being from Insomniac, it obviously has done a great job because I played the crap out of its last two Spider-Man games. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Studio deserves this chance from me 
yep. and from hopefully other gamers as well who are able to play it. The only bad part is, is that the PlayStation 5 isn't readily available. And I think there's going to be people who completely miss out on the experience or have to wait to get to that experience. Man, right? I, I've been thinking about this a little more. Like, sales right now are good because people are buying them up as they come out. But at some point, I can see some people getting bored and saying, fuck it, and just going to wait. So I'm very interested to kind of see what the sales are going to look like. I'm probably completely wrong. Like, probably the... the People are going to get them regardless. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting when people actually get them. Yeah, it's going to fill out the market a little bit, I think. And But the thing is, is that at the point at which it's readily available, I think that the software will have finally caught up. Because right now we're eagerly clawing and gripping at anything that gets the PS5 kind of logo, whether it be yeah. a cross-platform or whatever. Like, really... On the platform, there's a handful of games that get that exclusive to PS5 kind of label. Or, you know, that really pushes the hardware, put it that way. And I think this is one of those games. And I think that anybody who buys a PS5 in months or next year will be excited to have this as a throw-in game. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Where they say, here's the, here's the, the Ratchet and Clank edition included for free to try and get that mountain of ps5s out the door yeah i agree yeah it's gonna be interesting to kind of see like how this what the story of this generation is going to be right because i i find that the previous generation ps4 xbox um one it was really everyone seemed to get their their um, version of the hardware early and then it was just the waiting game for the games, for the actual software, mm-hmm. which took about a year. You know, it took about a year for games to actually really start coming out. Now, with PlayStation 5, it's completely different because, you know, there was a obvious shortage of hardware, even though we were guaranteed there wouldn't be. COVID was a thing. So it, just, it was just mm-hmm. a shit show from the get-go. And then software, which would have taken about a year... You know, it's going to probably take a little longer because of, as we were talking about on uh, Sunday, all the delays are happening with games right now. Yeah, with with because of COVID, basically, is yeah. what almost every gaming company is blaming it on. But as well, you have to remember a, a few years ago, like back in, you know, seven or eight years ago when the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One came out. A lot of the blame was on the the rapid shift in the marketing reveal. Yeah. Right? That, oh, well, we have to restructure games and whatnot. Because an early release game, for example, was supposed to be The Division. Right? And you know I love the crap out of these games. But that took, what, like two years? Two and a half years before it hit the market? They're convenient. On the back of my... Yeah, on the back of my PS4 box, it was The Division. You know what I mean? Like, it was a launch... Yeah. Uh, 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 touted heavily at launch. Yeah. It's, so, they conveniently latch onto something, right? To, to to signify why things aren't going the way that it should be, right? Like, yeah. COVID is the easy out. And I'm not saying COVID didn't change things up, but to the extent that we're seeing, the delays that we're seeing, right? Like, these aren't new delays. Look at Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, yeah. you know, I don't want to get into this too much. But we're starting to see that at the beginning of 2020, before COVID was a thing, 
the actual release date was close to being 2022. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's, and this is the kind of stuff that happens post mortem, right? Because yeah. a decision was made, um, an envelope, a pen got pushed, a bonus was given. I don't know what the circumstances are. I'm only speculating, but th- and that's the thing. If it isn't this narrative, it's going to be the fact that there's a a, a shortage of, of semiconductors. Yeah. If it isn't that, it's something else. Exactly right. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It just seems like the industry. And to be fair, the industry is making more and more complex games. And again, and the demand I, and the hype. As we were talking on Sunday, these games are becoming harder to make. You know, we cannot yeah. take away the hard work that these people are doing. Like, it's insane what they're doing. It's insane what we're getting um, in, in terms of video games and entertainment and storytelling and this and that. But, you know... We need to become a little more realistic about the releases. And I know that there's so many factors around it, but, you know, we're just seeing it more and more. And, and I know we're going yeah. to be talking about it more and more every episode, especially when we do our E3 roundup. Because we're going to play a game, Phil. We're going to make a list of big announcements <laughs> and release dates. And then we're going to follow up three, four down year, years down the line and see when they were actually released. Yeah. See if they hit it. Um it is funny though because I used to work in the video, like in a computer store, back in the late '90s, and it was one of the things that we laughed at, you know, because I had like, like I've said before, I had these big guys from Epic coming in, right? Epic Mega Games at the time, and we were joking around because we're like, shareware was rocking. Yeah, shareware was like three or four dollars a disc. It was a three and a half inch floppy. 1.44 megabytes and we were laughing our asses off at video games that were taking a cd-rom's worth of memory like 600 yeah. megabytes yeah and now you just like like biomutant was 11 gigs and i was yeah. just like oh holiday like that's going to be in relatively quick yeah and i'm a happy guy but i i dread to think of when i go to update final fantasy 7 tonight to this new ps5 version it's going to be like a hundred gigs at least. I, I don't know for sure at this point, but it, it's going to be ridiculous. I, I can hang my hat on that. A hundred gigs seem to be the going rate for games nowadays. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely nuts. That just to me, if you can't conceive of how complex these games are right now, that's the indicator to go from one and a half megabytes to a hundred gigabytes. It's insane. Like when you quantify that, it's a it's a nutty number. Yep. I remember that my first computer, the first 486 that we had had an 8 meg <laughs> hard drive. Oh, I know. And that's right? huge. Like, that was huge. That was huge for the time. Here here's the grift that I used to pull because I guess now that the chain is dead and everything, um what would happen is uh RAM was big back then. Yeah. Especially in the late 90s. And everybody wanted RAM. And the thing was, is that the cost on a 16 megabyte RAM chip was less than, or the same as an eight gigabyte, but we could move, or eight megabyte, sorry. We could move an eight meg, but we couldn't move a 16 because a 16, logically, we'd have to charge double for. We couldn't yeah. undercut ourselves. Yeah. So what would happen is, is I had two eights at home. I was running a maxed out machine. Like I was happy. And my manager was like, hey, you know what? Trade in those eights. We'll sell them because eights are hot. I'll give you 16s in exchange. 
Nice. And I was just like, I got 32 megabytes, yo. Yeah, I know, right? So crazy. Like, I thought I was balling at that point. Yep. It's absolutely insane. It was an age when we used to use a piece of software called Stacker. Remember? Oh, yeah. To double your hard drive. I remember. (laughs) You compress files. I remember. Oh. Good old days. Mm. I feel so old right now. I used to have a Stacker t-shirt. I wish I still had it. Nice. I used to um, write DOS programs because Windows 3.1 was useless, right? So I used to write DOS programs to just launch everything rather than going through yeah, Windows. Yeah, batch files, man. Yeah, exactly. Batch files. That was it, man. That was the king. And I had, like, my own UI. File. It was it was fun. Oh, man. We got to do an episode about that one day. Just all the hacks of the day. Because that, yep. that, that would make a lot of people laugh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And we should get, like, user stories and stuff like that, too. Oh, yeah. I've got friends that committed atrocities in the name of mankind <laughs> to just bilk people of cash because people thought computers were magic. I know. So we were out there just repairing anything and everything to the point of hiding a three and a half inch floppy behind a bezel plate with a boot disk because the master boot record on the hard drive was toast. Wow. So we'd mount the hard drive through the floppy and like I'm booting it up and I'm going, Hmm, I hear a floppy and then I pop the bezel plate off and my friend's like, oh, I didn't think you'd be smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> That's funny. Just That actually reminds me of um, Halt and Catch Fire when uh, they tried to get the IBMs running off of Unix, but they just made it yeah. look like it was. I know. that. That's exactly, that's why I love that show. And like yeah. we used to do stuff like this. This is the crazy thing. In like a sales environment. We yeah. used to demonstrate machines, and I swear to you, we had loading screens on the phone that would make you think Linux is loading, and in real time, it was not. Like We were just basically throwing GIFs at screens and just to make people think it was secure. Yeah, that's amazing. That is 100% yep. amazing. I freaking love it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the world we live in. The world it's we lived in. It, yeah, in. yeah. So. Uh, luckily I am. Hey, you know what? I hit my 10-year anniversary at my current place of employment Yes. this week. And the funny thing is, is that you get a gift. Yes. You, you guys are going to love this. So in the past, it's always been a company-branded item or some such thing, like a pen or a pair of like cufflinks, even some earrings or something from, from a, a jewelry shop, you know, just that aren't branded. And I can remember an ex-wife getting a pair of earrings for that previous anniversary. But anyhow, 10's a big one. And I go to the site and it's just like air miles or something. I'm like, what the yep. heck? And there's a gaming section. And what do I find on it? The PS5 1080p camera. Love it. <laughs> So that's my 10th anniversary gift. I'm like, screw it. Why not? Right? I'm going to blow it your works. demographics away. <laughs> it's just going to be comedy, right? So I ordered that. We'll see when it shows up. And uh, I'm curious to play around with it and see what's happening. Yeah, that's that's going to be fun. That's going to be good, actually. Yeah, um, it's worth a try. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We always talk about streaming. This negates the need. Like, this negates the 
necessity of having a PC to basically process the video. Yep. So you can do it straight out of the PS5. It's just the camera's kind of crap, but yeah. I can live with that. Exactly. Speaking of streaming. needs to see my ugly mug. Well, soon it's going to happen. You know that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of streaming, it's going to happen probably by uh, fall. Let's uh, yep. let's have our our uh, hot vac summer, and then by fall we can bunker down. Once Tyler's set up in the East Coast, once uh, you know, once we have our summer fun, we can uh, get to real business and uh, yeah, go go start. Yeah, our- and, and just think for all the people out there, uh, Squadrons is free this month on the PlayStation, so pick it up now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, man. All right, man. So, video games. You got Final Fantasy going on. What else are you what else is going on? I'm playing a little bit of old Ratchet and Clank. I'm I'm actually not gaming that much. I'm just eking Same. my way through on like trophies on Dirt 5 and stuff like that. I'm waiting for the releases, right? Like BioMutant, I've decided I'm not going to play it right now because there's a patch that came out for the PC, but it's not out for the consoles yet. Yeah. It's going through testing. And I kind of want that first patch to hit because the game, as as much as I do enjoy it, it's got some control issues and it, it needs a little polish. Like Tyler said, it would be great if there was a day one patch and it would be a great game. It would be fun to see it after a two month patch. Well, right now I'm waiting for the one month patch. Yeah. And, you know, there there's some things. It's not unplayable, but yeah. it's just needs it's a little work. It's yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm honestly so out of the loop. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. I've just been so busy the past few weeks. Like, I don't even know how I'm keeping up with like real work, much less all this other stuff. Um. So, yeah. So, what 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 else is going on? Reading. Uh, Battlefield Four demo dropped this week. Yes, that was interesting to see. I I I don't know that I'm that excited about it. I saw so much excitement, but I'm like, it was a video of the game like it 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 i wasn't convinced that that was final gameplay because everything looked like it was a cutscene. yeah now if that's the actual gameplay i didn't intercept any of the fanfare around it i just saw the the cuts yeah and i'm like there's no way that you can you know it's like when you're watching the horizon 2 demo and then you can see the cutscene, and then you can see it go live and the, the live looks just as good as a cutscene. yeah but there's no way that that character moves like that in the game versus the cutscene. Yeah. The cutscene is very choreographed. The cutscene has intricate moves. The cutscene has all this stuff. And then you see the actual gameplay and you're you're kind of like footing it around and, and attacking guys and whatnot. I get it. But I, I need to see this, you know, perform. Yeah. That's the big thing. But yeah. as far as uh, reading, it, it's mostly been... Um, <sighs> You know, some comics, really. It's It's been some of the Star Wars stuff. I, I read the Bounty Hunter stuff. Um, I read uh, more Vader, another another two or three episodes of that. It's 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 plugging along. Yeah. And, um, you know, just uh, trying to finish up Hail Mary. That's yeah. uh, It's been a little bit of a slog now. Yeah. It's just getting crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you've, if you've read the book, you'll know what I mean. It's getting crazy. Um, yeah, it it's reading hasn't really it's been too hot to read. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. Been hot to do like, a lot of stuff. Cuz like this is the first day. 
yeah, this week we weren't kidding on Sunday. It was hot. And this has been the first day of any relief. So Yeah. Uh I'm trying to think. That yeah. that factors into everything that we do, right? Yeah. Um, Sunday was ridiculous. Like, after we recorded, I needed to record, watch in NWA pay-per-view, record a podcast. But in classic Boris fashion, I end up on a friend's backyard patio until 5 in the Ooh. morning. <gasps> no. Oh, my God. 3 in the morning. Got home. At three thirty, watched the two-hour pay-per-view till five thirty, recorded at six in the morning, got the oh. episode in at seven in the morning. Oh my god, that's crazy! I I had a late night too because of Sweet Tooth. Yes, which we will be talking about in a second. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you mentioned that because we oh, were no. talking about other it's, stuff it's, at the top. Yeah, it's, stuff. it's there. You got your notes. You're yeah. the pro. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so that was my Monday. And then just like every day has just been just swamped with work, like dealing with stupid people um, and uh, in my personal life. And then, yeah. So here we are. Okay. So that's in terms of what I'm reading. I'm trying to catch up on DC, my Batman. Dude, I just can't right now with Batman. It's just so poorly written. I just don't mm. like like Batman has turned this to the into this like emo, you know everything in his in his life is just the worst. But it just it's I, I don't know it's just I I don't like the writing of it. I don't like how what they are turning yeah. Bruce Wayne into. Is this an attempt to change Bruce Wayne to match the Robert Pattinson stuff? Nah, not at all. You okay. you you think there's planning in WB for this? No, yeah. don't give them don't give them this credit. Do not give them this this much credit. All right, it's just a writing decision. That's fine, you know. And not to offend anyone that's a Robert Pattinson fan, I found that he's been good in a lot of roles, and I've not been sitting there thinking of Twilight or anything like that when I see him. So that association's finally gone. But I did notice this week that there was like rumors, and I just put it in here as a rumor. It's not anything that we should be taking seriously. But the Warner Brothers is unhappy with the Batman movie and considering changes and delays, Mm -hmm. further delays. We'll see. So we'll see what happens. Like, honestly, I can't believe anything, especially with this new merger coming up, because what one C-level group will say right now could be the exact opposite of what the new C-level group says under the new company. So, exactly. Because, you so, know, the speculation is, is that they would have greenlit the Snyder Cut as a as a full-fledged thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they would have been like, hey, this is where we're going now. You know, we're going to retcon the old stuff. We'll see where so, that. We'll see what, where DC ends up. Like, I don't know. They need to figure out their shit. But, no, in terms of the comic division, it's just like, I don't know. Nothing is really intriguing me too much. Um... You know, there's 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 odds and ends books, but I'm really sticking to the creator owned. Um, our next episode, I'll run mm-hmm. through the list and kind of give people an update there. But you know, I think we should move on to what people typically like listening to these episodes for. That is what we're watching. Um, so we're gonna oh, start gosh. with we're gonna end off with Loki. We're gonna end off with Sweet Tooth. But outside of that, what have you been watching? You know what I finished. 
get this. This was a big, big investment. I finished comic book men. Oh yeah. All seasons, all episodes. And man, I I got a little emotional at the last one. I was just like, damn, yeah. I don't have it's like saying goodbye to popcorn or something. It, it's, it's it's like I'm sorry, but I have to cut you out of my life because you're killing me. And that was kind of the bittersweetness of that episode because I was just like, I knew it was the end. I was drawing it out and I got there and then it was just like this, you know, Amazon prime. What do you want to watch next type thing? And I'm like, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So, you know, that, that was a, I felt like that was an accomplishment and a bit sorrowful, but I can always go back and watch it. Yeah. I'm also watching uh, great North. Yep. which is making me laugh. Um, yep. It's picking up as the season goes on. So I think Tyler said that it's basically signed on for a three season run. And I'm very happy about that because I think that there's a lot of goodness that's going to come out of it. Yeah. So just a reminder, Great North is the show by the same people that make Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's it's a stellar cast. It's actually the guy from Sweet Tooth. Yeah, the father from Sweet Tooth is yep. playing one of the main characters in it. Um, it. It's just fun. It's well voiced. It's well acted. It's 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 the writing's getting better, and the characters are learning to become themselves. Like that's all you can ask out of a first season, anyway, and especially a limited one where there's only ten episodes. Yeah, uh, but for a cartoon, you know, like I really like Bob's Burgers. Really like some of what's happening in that scene, but. Um, this has just got, you know, with Bob's Burgers, sometimes it gets a little bit too kid heavy. Yes. This has got a pretty good spread of characters where there's kids and there's adults and they're all actors and actresses that I would watch any day in a show. So yeah. that has more appeal to me as well, because I'm just like, Hey, look, I'm not, this isn't a fringe person. Yeah. These are good actors. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? And then otherwise, uh, Just, documentaries. I watched one about the black hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, taking a picture of the black hole. That was, it was surprisingly emotional because it deals with the death of Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah. Right in the middle of it. So that was, that got a little bit uncomfortable. Do you know the I'll, name of I'll it? To be honest. It's on Netflix. They were bugging me about it. It's funny because I finished it and then they sent me a message that I didn't. <laughs> Son uh, of a uh, bitch. <laughs> Well, the the worst part is they send so many messages. You know, you can tell them, you can turn them off. Yeah, but why? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, I forget. Uh, uh, here we go. Edge of all we know, the edge of all we know. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. It was it was one of the new releases, and um, it's it's a heavy physics thing. Yeah, for sure. But it's all about the idea of turning the Earth into a telescope to take a picture of, of a black hole. Yeah. It becomes like, you know, using a whole bunch of of satellites or telescopes around the world to focus in on the same spot that they think a black hole is at at the same time for a week. Fill up arrays of hard drives. Get those hard drives shipped back to a central location that's divided into two. 
analyze the data for a year with separate teams that aren't allowed to cross pollinate. Yeah. And then merge the findings of the team to see what a real black hole looks like because they That's have to crazy. interpret data to get the picture. Yeah. So I found it fascinating. I love shit like that where I see the the technical details, not necessarily of the physics, but of how they derived the image. Yeah. And trying to unify Stephen Hawking's theory and and prove him right. And he was a big driver. He was a big leaner of information. And then he passed during it. Yeah. So he never got to see the results. Yeah, but, that sucks. You know, that that was tough for the whole team. And I know Stephen Hawking is someone that has influence around here. He used to do work with the University of Waterloo and whatnot. So it uh it definitely was a impactful little thing it was worth the investment but i had to break it up a little bit so <laughs> how about you what have you been watching um so uh handmaid's tale obviously mm. um last night's episode just took this weird change and it's like this story that has been going on for so long and i hate when shows do this and it always scares me when shows do this but it's when the storyline that's been happening with the main character and someone else the love story literally been dragging on for four seasons you know they've had their ups and their downs their good days and their <laughs> bad days then all of a sudden it just abruptly ends and the penult in the in the second to last episode mm. of the season yeah and it's just like the worst part is like without giving too much away it's just like they've like compl- like there's no coming back like I will be shocked if they come back to this, mm. but yeah. So that's that's been that. So it's a little weird. Um, the other thing that I've been really watching, it's a, my friend got me. She got me on this movie called The Curse of Sleeping Beauty. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's one of those like dark retelling of the of the of the fairy tale. It's really well done. Ah. Really well done. It's well, kind of like the fairy tale was probably pretty dark. Yeah, but this yeah. one's like got more fantasy elements a bit of a steampunk element and kind of like into it i like it it was really well done that's good i might have to check that out one thing that i do i will say for the audience i just haven't had time to watch lego masters episode two season two yet so next week i'll i'll, I'll talk about the two episodes that I'm yes in. yes or maybe just the one because yeah because it yeah. depends on when we record yeah, exactly. but yeah, I just didn't have time to watch it last night, so that'll be this weekend's guilty pleasure. Yep. What <laughs> else? Um, those are like the main things that I've been watching. It's just like I say, I've just I really haven't had time, and I've been watching just older stuff because you know when it's time to um, when it's time to actually watch stuff, it's it's so late, and I'm just like tired. Yeah, I don't want to. As well, there's like a whole bunch of stuff that's waiting to come out, right? Yeah. And that's. <clears throat> that's where we're at right now. Yep. We've got the stuff we have to watch like Loki, like sweet tooth, which came out of nowhere. You called it for me. It came out of nowhere. I told you. Yeah. Well, I had the reservation last week that I thought possibly there was going to be a horror twist to it. I know. And there wasn't. It's well, far from- I'll say this before. I'll say this before we get really deep in, well, not really, really deep into it, but deep enough into it. There is the Bad Batch. <laughs> well, here's the thing about the Bad Batch. Like, we talked about the previous episodes. We actually didn't talk about it on Sunday. We were saving it no, for today. No, I know. 
All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> we haven't talked about two weeks worth. <laughs> okay. You talk Bad Batch. I don't want to sound mean because I like it. But. But it's exactly what we said it would be for us. Yep. And that is, it's all about the transition and the minutia of the Empire. Yep. That's all that's compelling me to watch this. I don't give two rats asses about the fucking Bad Batch. Same. I honestly, I just see them as expendable people because I don't see them beyond anything in Star Wars right now, which is a canon problem that they have. Um, I also, I just find that the characters, like I was saying about Great North, all right, it takes a season to get the characters down. They're getting the characters down right now. Yeah. And Wrecker is, oh, Wreck. Like, yeah. it's it's just insane. The only thing is, is that obviously his head problems are related to the chip in his brain. All right. So that's just basically going to be some kind of season ending issue or mid season crisis point crisis point of Wrecker trying to do his orders. This week was all about the dichotomy of robots following orders and bad batch not following orders and the juxtaposition of the clone army. And they brought back those two characters from uh, the clone wars that they introduced in the last season. Uh, so the Ahsoka uh, people there and it was interesting. It wasn't bad. It's just a big meh for me right now until there's an episode that actually chooses to involve someone big or set up something big. And it doesn't have to necessarily be something big that I know in star Wars, but it has to be a situation that has gravity. It's just pucker butting around it right now. It's just literally like, Oh, here are our heroes. And they're trying to figure out who's Omega and shit like that. Yeah. I'm just like, it's getting a little bit long in the tooth for me right now. It feels a it's lot not like, bad. It feel, here's the thing. It's better then, but if, feels a lot like Clone Wars season one and two where they're just kind of like laying the groundwork right now. And you know, that's what yep. they're doing. And yeah, like you said, what's keeping me in the show is the details, the transition of, you know, the, 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 um, the, uh, what do you call them? The Republic, the clone to the Republic. Yeah. yeah to, to the empire, the empire. That's what's yep. keeping me in. The transition's good, but I knew Honestly, I knew we were in trouble when the first episode was 78 minutes long and all I could say was it was Star Wars. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, you know, like uh, 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 seeing Freddie Prince Jr.'s character in there, uh, not Ezra, but but Kanan as a, as a young Padawan and whatnot, like the, the highlight, the nuggets were nuggets, you know, and then the rest of it, there was a whole bunch of setup. And I feel like that's what season one is destined to be. And again, nothing wrong with that. And that's okay. That's okay. And it's not filler. It's just set up. It's just to give context and meaning to everything else that's going to happen. But that's my issue with shows set in the middle of uh, very important time periods. It's all going to be filler. Yeah. And, And again... To juxtapose position that, right? To juxtapose that 
you flip over to Sweet Tooth and you have eight episodes to tell a story and they leveraged every second of it as far as I'm concerned. And that is unfortunately what that's done is it's made the slow build seem unappealing to audiences because we're used to getting the gratification thrust, right? Like every episode has you questioning things. Every episode has you wanting to examine more. Every episode generates three more questions than the two it answered. Here's, and I, this is our transition into Sweet Tooth. What I loved about Sweet Tooth was the fact that whomever wrote the screenplays, and I'm not talking about the comic, I'm not talking about Jeff Lemire, yeah. you know, whoever made this into a TV show knew that people were going to binge this. And I feel like they worked out and they figured out a formula to make it a very bingeable show. I'll tell you, I watched the first two episodes in one night on Sunday night. Yeah. And Monday night was my bad night because Monday night I sat down to watch two more episodes and I ended up watching the rest of the season. Wow. I was up till 3 a.m. watching it. All right. And the thing is, is that there was nothing sitting there telling me I have to do this or even that I wanted to do this. I just, I just felt like it was right. I just felt like, you know what? If I go to sleep now, I'm going to be asking a thousand questions. It wasn't compelling me in that, that super, super way to just like, I can't live without knowing this. It was like, I don't want to wait. That's all. I'm just that greedy for this good content right now. And I also wanted to make the joke. Like, I hope they don't cancel this after one season because they left it on. Yeah. They left it on such a cliffhanger that I know with Jupiter's legacy, Miller came forward and said, I understand now the context of what he said when he said that it's, it's done for now. We've released the actors from their contracts, but I'm not done telling this story. And that's because his next show is still in the Jupiter's legacy universe. Yeah. And involves their characters in it. The super crooks, right? Yep. So their story is still going to be told whether or not it's the same actors, whether or not it's, you know what I mean? The story that we wanted to see, we're going to get to see more of it. So I'm like, okay, good for him. He signed a deal, but this sweet tooth. Yeah. They, they got to go the, the distance with this because it's good. It's good. And my apprehension was, was based around that trailer where the kids were all in the little, little prams at the hospital. And it looked like they super glued feathers onto that one baby. Like, you know, the glue stick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yellow glue stick with the white glue. And then the feathers. And I was like, that looks so cheesy. I don't know if this is just shit horror. Like, I, I just didn't know where the turn was going to go. And I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. I, I yeah. really enjoyed, you know, I can critique it on a pandemic level. That we but, would not call the disease the sick. <laughs> yeah. But that's, again, coming from the comic and all that. Yes. No, no, I get it. I get it. it and and second, like, it's got to be TV. You've got to edit it down. You've got to give it the, 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 the pointy stick. All right. So 
but I can just like, it just, it's, it's the world we all live in now where we're going to see people in a, a pandemic situation and we're going to be like, doesn't have his mask on. Not only <laughs> Doctor's that, not but, <laughs> you know, what people don't realize is even once we're all vac- vaccinated, <laughs> um, there's still going to be minor outbreaks of COVID-19 happening, right? Yes, exactly. We're, it's not something that just goes away because we got all that. But I, I'm just saying, like, the doctor was one of the ones that never put a mask on. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that would be the first guy to put a mask on. Like, yeah. No matter if he's immune or not, that's not a chance he's ever going to take because that virus is going to mutate, right? It's yeah. like, you don't know. So little things like that. But really, at the end of the day, I get it. It's It's a show. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed what I don't know how deep, like how spoilerish we want to get, but the odyssey of it, the land that the, the landscapes that they created, they educated a lot of the viewership very intelligently about the bloom of the flowers being a, a sign of the in, infection and all that. And I really just enjoyed what they established in that world and where they can go with it. I really cared about the characters. I normally with kids shows, I'm very critical of kids acting Same because it can take you right out of it. This was so brilliantly cast and, and performed credit to all of the people who performed in this show because every kid was a stellar standout. Every kid had chops. Yeah. Especially the main character, right? Like like, just amazing. Yeah. Gus. Unbelievable. Gus was just unbelievable. The little pig girl, unbelievable. Like everybody, every kid hit it out of the park, just hit their marks. So if that's something that makes you a little bit apprehensive about a show, don't worry about it. You're not going to have that problem. I, I, again, I I'll do the Jupiter's legacy encouragement here. Go watch it, go binge it, pump the numbers up so that we get a second season of this, please. I beg you, please. I know. Please. <laughs> Watch I know, it. I, I, please. If I have to buy another series of 50 comic books only to be disappointed on episode, or like issue one or two, because the artwork looks like trash to me, or the storytelling is just right up the rear end of something else, I'm like, Jupiter's Legacy, that's an experience, man. I know. I'm sure it gets better, but whoa, is it ever jarring because you see the value of the script writers right there. Yep. Like the adaptation people, hats off. Yeah. Um, it's, you know what, in terms of cinematography, production, it's just beautiful to look at. Really well done, really nice scenes, um, really well shot. Um, the other thing that I really liked about the show was just how heartwarming it is right like you think yeah shit's gonna happen shit does happen but for the most part it's a very heartwarming show it's a very it's a very nice story that they're telling right and it and like i mentioned at the at the start of this you know whoever wrote this just knows what they're doing and they know it's on netflix they know we're gonna binge it so the way that they pace the entire show and the um the uh the way that they left off every episode was just so well done and i'm noticing this more and more with netflix shows that the way that they're writing it's very bingeable they're forcing you to binge it 
Yeah, because that's a wheelhouse. But but secondly, do you think, because you're right, the show never left you on a meat hook. The show never left you desperate. It's set up on the cliffhangers at the end. But that being said, if season two never gets made, I'm really happy to have watched season one. And I feel like I have a degree of closure. But do you think that there's maybe some kind of directive to have happier shows on? Given 100%. the world, I think so. Yeah, it, it it's interesting because I do wonder if maybe it was an editing choice, which is possible too. Because an editor can define a show, like yeah, screenwriting helps, but the editors have the final say in how the actual production is going to look and feel. And it was uplifting. I saw Kevin Smith talking about it, and I was just like, I got to give this a chance. Boris says it's good. Kevin's like talking about it and weepy about it. So, like, jeez. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shtick lately. He's got the new He-Man trailer came out today. I was literally going to bring that up later. But, yeah, it looks oh, so good. good. It looks so yes. good. The cheesy 80s music. Oh, my God. I love it. Everything's, like, right. <laughs> like, the world's going to be complete, and they're going to bring the toys out again, I know. <laughs> as I, as, um, yeah, as our mutual friend bramble said you know mm-hmm. this is what shira should have been yeah yeah exactly it's it's i'm so geeked out about that right now <laughs> but it just goes to show you give the show to someone who knows what they're doing you're gonna get good results yeah it's true it, it well i i i know that netflix knew what they were doing when they gave it to, to kevin smith but the funny thing is is that when you watch comic book men Kevin like rips on He-Man all the oh, time. Yeah. I know. And I'm just like, he's not a He-Man fan at all. And then they got him on this. And then I think he went back and said, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to become an expert. I can do this. I like the money. Yeah. Remember. They, and I'm going to bring me. They were too old to watch Transformers, G.I. Joe and He-Man. And uh, true. Remember, they yeah. were from the 70s. They're your, like closer to your no, age. No, I'm more... I'm more Ming's kind of guy because what Ming's into, I was into. Yeah, big time. So they're a little older than you, right? So yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, yeah. That's because- that's why those '80s shows that you came home from school to watch, you know, that's why they don't watch those. That's why, like, when the yeah. USS Intrepid came up, um, they were just like, I don't know, like, whatever. I don't care about this. Well, wasn't wasn't it uh, and the USS Flag? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the flag. Flag, the big ship, and then the spaceship, the space shuttle one, and all that. And yeah, Ming's just like, oh my God. And they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yep, exactly. So, oh, like, yeah. That's a five-foot-long toy. Yeah. Can you imagine that nowadays? I had a friend who had every single toy, pretty much, and I don't think he had the flag. But I do recall him having the spaceship, the piggyback spaceship thing. That's hilarious. And I was super jealous. I was just like, oh my God. But to be fair, I had the Death Star that Jason Muse went absolutely nutso over when somebody brought it in and we got it from Sears and it was part cardboard and part plastic. Yeah. It was crazy. I've still got it, actually. I mean, yeah. It's in pieces, obviously. It's, it didn't survive. Yeah, but, but still, it's, it's somewhere there. All the right. Nostalgia was high on that. Yep. All right. It is time to talk about the main event, and it is season one, episode one, Loki. 
Where do we start? Where do we start with the show? There are things I liked and there are things I didn't like. Okay, so just an overview. Kicks off right after Loki leaves Endgame. So right after the Battle of New York 2012. Technically the Avengers first movie. Technically. In the re. Yes. In the redo of Endgame, yeah. Yes. And this is, and then, you know, he he finds this group that uh, the Time Variance Authority, and essentially what their job is to do is to make sure that the multiverse, the timeverse, everything is in order. Now, this is the one mm-hmm. thing that I didn't like about this show, was that this group essentially are like so powerful that the the um the gauntlet and everything is meaningless because no matter what happens these people have the power to put everything back in place yeah in a way yeah it, the way it's it's kind of explained is the time authority exists in a pocket mm-hmm. that is outside of the outside of the influence of those things. But, you know, you have the certain elements within Marvel, the Celestials and the Eternals. And obviously Thanos is an Eternal, right? I believe his classification is an Eternal mm-hmm. uh, as, as he is a, a god. And I guess, you know, even Loki falls into that loosely. But those people do have some degree, but they just have no power there. Yeah. So it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. They they exist outside of the influence of it, but they I think they are subject to the influence of it if they're part outside of, it. of the TV. I think that's part of it. Like, it's only episode one, but they made it seem like no matter what, they have the power to get everything back in order. So it doesn't matter, you know, how yeah. many freaking snaps happen. If they wanted to, they can put everything back the way that it's supposed to be. But I think that's the thing. Oh, supposed yeah. to be. Right. So, well, time moves differently there, just like with Jeff Goldblum's little pocket of Thor Ragnarok movie. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, yeah, they can put things back. And that's what they're setting up is who watches the Watchmen. Right. Because obviously the three watchers are, are heavily figured within the mythos of the time pocket. Right. And, and like, look, we know Kang the Conqueror is coming in, maybe not this series. But, you know, if you know the, the Marvel lore, like the girl, the woman that's the judge is Kang the Conqueror's girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and one of the faces of those of the Watchmen looks like Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. So I'm like, there's there's this inevitability. I think we know he's coming in one of the shows. But is he the big baddie? We don't know. It's, it's not... It's, not going to be Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> Though, I love how there was that tease of the devil pay, uh, yeah. the devil stuff. Like, it was just like, oh, they, they, they must have added this after the fact. Or they knew. Well, that- the, the, the joke is, is that that devil is Loki. Because yeah. the ultimate, you know, reveal of the first episode is that Loki's hunting himself. Yes. Right? Like, so... This is this is something's gone wrong in the timeline, and they're leveraging. Obviously, Loki is killing these TVA agents, 
and they're trying to leverage Loki to go and kill himself, right? Like it's, to, it's, to it's basically, kind of, I feel like it's just it's going to end up, and I I feel like we're giving away too much, but whatever. I feel like it's getting we'll itself put spoilers into a, on for this. Yeah, I feel like it's getting itself into a time loop where Loki goes through all the motions, figures something out about the TVA, and then starts hunting them down, and then the TVA gets Loki to hunt himself down, rinse mm-hmm. and repeat. I'm worried about that too. And and we don't know. We're speculating. Our speculation sometimes is on point. Sometimes it's not. Um, as well, I think that's the whole point though in the series. I don't know if we're going to get that delivery as to that loop, but I think what we're going to at the very minimum get is Loki's realization about self-worth and acceptance of himself. Yes. That's the main crux of the show to me is that it's all just going to be about Loki reconciling him being an idiot with I'm going to be a good guy going forward. And the time loop could be the, the, the bigger time loop could be that's what motivates him in the other, in the same universe to be a nicer Loki as the series goes on. I don't know. I don't know where the gravity spots are going to be or the interactions are going to be. So we're all along for the ride. It was good. I didn't enjoy all of it per se yet, but I have no doubt about its ability to deliver. I liked what enough of what I saw to not even question about watching a second episode. And obviously Kevin Feige believes in this guy so much to hire him to do the the screenplay for uh, Dr. Strange two multiverse of madness and do um, the new star Wars movie. Kevin yep. Feige supposed to be doing. He's the he's the writer of that. Like, okay, let's see what the, let's see what happens. He's very rarely wrong. Yep. The other thing is that this show again goes to sh- like uh, build the importance of the multiverse, which seems to be the big thing for the next phase in the MCU. Yeah. The multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. You know it's going to be a thing yeah. because of WandaVision. We know it's going to be a thing because of Doctor Strange. We know it's going to be a thing because of Spider-Man, Far From Home. Like, the multiverse oh, is Ant-Man. going to... And, and Ant-Man, yeah. <clears throat> so, the multiverse is is the thing right now. So, I kind of like how they're kind of setting the expectations, teaching us li- about the multiverse a little bit, about the rules of the multiverse. Um, the laws that the MCU are going to try to obey by. Um, so I kind of like that about this. But uh, yeah, overall, yeah, I like the show. I liked, you know, the um, the D.B. Cooper stuff. I really enjoyed that one just because yeah. it's like I like bringing that real world uh, criminal case into this like very weird, very fantastical MCU world. Um, but, you know, I believe that, again, I still feel like this show can fall into it's a little... It, it, into a trap in a little bit but for one episode it was a lot of fun and i'm just we're gonna yeah and they're already they're already uh retconning a little bit too which is fun in its own way in in its own way because like they redo the steve rogers line when loki redoes it he does it in a completely different tone than he did he does it in a robotic tone versus the the kind of patronizing tone that he used in endgame there's like these subtle little differences that you have to really look out for to, to catch. Yep. They don't really mean that much. It's just an interesting spin on how different filmmakers can reinterpret the thing to fit the new application of the yep. character. 
Yeah, this show oh. has a lot of uh, Easter eggs, but they're not Easter eggs because they're hinting at anything. They're Easter eggs because, you know, it's kind of like a gift as being a, you know, since 2008, for 13 years you've been watching the MCU. Here's this little thing, this little reminder that we're throwing in, you know, a little ha-ha. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Marvel can do it. They've got the chops, and they've got the history, and they've got the audience. So... Good, good on them. I'm looking forward to, I think it's a six episode run. So like I'm that. looking forward to the other five at the very least, uh, hopefully more. But yeah, they've got me on it. Um, it's fun seeing the analog stuff too. Yeah. I'm enjoying that, like the analog motif of the TVA. And kind yeah. of that, that retro cartoon. I yeah. don't know, but that's something that we might need to rewatch a couple times in this series just to be able to get our heads around the rules that are being defined. Yep. And how this show even apply like adheres to it, let alone other movies that are yet to come. Yep, exactly. All right, so let us know what you've been watching, let us know what you, what you've been playing, what you've been reading, let us know what you thought of what we've talked about and Phil, tell our listeners know where they can get a hold of us and find us. Uh you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, be sure to hit the subscribe button and get the notifications about when we release these episodes because, man, summer is crazy. And, uh, yeah, just uh, leave a rate and review if the platform allows it. Thank yep. you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Live. Exactly. So... We're going to say it right now. We'll repeat it on Sunday, just depending, because I know not everyone listens to every episode, but we will do our best to have two episodes a week throughout the summer, but there are no guarantees because it is summer, and after a year and a half indoors, I think both Phil and I want to do stuff. I want my second shot. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> that first. Um, anyways, thank you for listening to the It's Canon Podcast, the review show. Uh, it is the podcast where we talk about everything geek, the podcast where we talk about everything pop culture, the podcast where we talk about everything we've seen, watched, read, and played. Because it's the It's Canon Podcast. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs>